Last time on Queer Dungeoneers. The Chocolatier Supreme proved once again that absolute power corrupts absolutely by throwing Patsy and Jolene into the dungeons of Molten Gorge. Meanwhile, Nime and Cremora struck a deal with three young drakes who agreed to lead them to the large dragon that the party met during their time on the airship. Nime hopes to enlist its help in stopping that which falls before it hits Molten Gorge. Nime and Kremora, you are travelling with these three dragons for a whole day. During the night, I think you look up to the sky and Kremora, I think you would notice first There's almost like a second moon or sun or something, a large figure in the sky. Well, that's not disconcerting at all. Yes, it's delicious, isn't it? Can you taste it already? No, it's like I can imagine eating it. I see. It's like if you bake bread and you can smell it. You don't know what bread is. Never mind. (laughs) I know what bread is. I'm thousands of years old. Okay, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting that on account of your very young attitude. (laughs) What do you mean by that? You're very sweet and adorable. You're so small for a dragon, but you're going to eat and grow big and strong, and I'm so proud of you. I kind of turned to Grimora. Can you feel it? Do you feel any different? Do you feel okay? I mean, I'm kind of aware that it's there, but... I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think I'm accustomed to the sensation enough to notice it changing. That's fair. It's just a, a lot all at once. I'll probably notice on the day. And I think in the early morning light, you reach the top. And in the top of the mountain is a cavern. It is just through here. Okay. We'll lead ahead so it doesn't just like eat you. I mean, we're acquainted, but thank you. You make your way through the tunnel, and at the end of it is what you'd almost consider an old friend. This large beast sitting curled in the cave perks its head up at the sound of your arrival. What brings you here? Hey! I remember you, mortal. Yeah, I remember you too. Thanks for letting us fly through your sky. This was not an ongoing offer. You do not just get to hang out wherever I am now. Oh, no, I know. See, the thing is, your delicious snack that's falling from the sky is kind of going to destroy our our, our city. Oh, God. So, let it burn. On one hand, I totally agree with you. On the other hand, there are people who are stuck in there who have no choice. And some of them might have done bad stuff, but most of them didn't. We can't just let them go up in smoke. I know you don't care about that, but uh, what you should care about is that if no one harnesses the power and uses it, it's just gonna boom onto the city and then you're gonna have lots of competition for your sky. It lets out a long groan. Can you roll parlay again? No, I cannot. That's a six. Oh no. Little ones. Yes. Come here. I see that you three must be very scared of the competition. 
to have brought her here. Yes! What if there's lots of little dragons around and then we gotta hang out with the little dragons and it's gonna suck? Though, little ones like you might be competition for yourself. To me, you are nothing. And I think it just leans down and eats one of them. What? 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 Um... And I think the other two freak the fuck out and, and get out of there. The only reason I haven't eaten them all already is because it simply doesn't matter to me. I'm not hungry for that at the moment. Are you telling me the dragons wipe themselves out by eating each other because they contain the power of the thing that falls and that's the thing you eat? It licks its lips and almost yawns. I kind of stand in front of Cremora a little bit. <laughs> well, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> Just so we know, so we can stay out of your way. Are you planning to fly on up there at any point? Why go to it if it will come to me? Because then you can have it all to yourself. <laughs> I have a large appetite, but I could not eat that much. Okay, well... I appreciate that you told me where to be. Just worked out swimmingly. You are so welcome, friends. Are we friends? I don't have friends. I kind of figured. I have food that I keep around. We'll just be going. That seems best. Uh, and I turn around and I kind of push Grimora out in front of me, and I'm just like, I'll explain later. We need to get out of here. <laughs> yes, I, I sort of got the sense when the dragon ate one of the others. Okay, let's go. Uh, we exit the cave, I guess. So, as you probably gathered, because you're very smart, uh, Dragon's not going to help us. As thick as that plan. <sighs> okay, great. So, we need a new plan. That's fine. Um, I have one more idea. If we hang around for a little bit, I can study the dragon. I might be able to turn into it. I don't know, because it's not entirely a creature of this world. Okay, are you sure that the dragon's not going to eat you if you try and study it? Oh, absolutely not. I was thinking of, like, going in as something small and, like, watching it from afar and studying it as a mouse or something. Hmm. Yes, okay. Why don't you do that? I'll sit out here and I'll read my books and I'll think about ways that I could possibly get us up using magic. Okay, that sounds... that sounds good. That's... okay. That sounds fine. Kamara, you better not be having a panic attack, because if you have a panic attack, I'm going to have a panic attack, and then we're not going to anyone. I know, I'm struggling not to... Okay, I'm just going to sit down and read for a little bit, okay? I'm going to go watch go. a dragon. Okay, love you. good luck. I love you too. Bye! <laughs> Okay, let's hop back to the dungeons of the Chocolatier Supreme. So it's clear what we need to do now, which is start a prison rebellion and free all the prisoners. Yeah. There's a problem with this. As you look around, you're really the only prisoners here. All the others are being kind of loaded up into the center of town. That is good. It reduces the amount of middle management we're going to have to do. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what we're looking at, we're looking at like a small confined cell with bars. You're in a stone cell with metal bars and some guards posted who you see walking back and forth from time to time. 
So do we want to talk tactics or do we just want to, you know, for the greater good some people? So, I have Golden Root, Poison. The target treats the next creature they see as a trusted ally until proved otherwise. Do you think we could use that for anything? I think that is much better than my uh, original plan of freeing their immortal souls. Well, we can do that too, if my plan goes awry, you know? I think that's a good plan B, yeah. Because, I mean, they don't have to worry about their soul ripping to shreds and dissipating into nothingness. They'll be right. Okay, I feel like we need to have a talk about this. Mm hmm? You're not just going to disappear. I'm going to make sure that you, when you die, do not disappear. But how, though? I'm still working on that, but I promise you don't have to worry what will happen to you after you die. Promise? I promise. All my fingers and toes are not crossed, so you know I mean it. All right. Here is your daily rations, prisoners. One of the guards walks up and she's holding a tray of chocolate. Jolene very quickly applies the poison onto the outside of her glove goes over and grabs the tray and makes sure she touches the guard's hand with her fingers that have the poison on it. Thank you so much! I can't believe we get chocolate as prisoners. Wow. That actually is pretty sweet. That is all you get. Doesn't that seem kind of unfair? You dare question the rule of the Chocolatier Supreme? <laughs> this is why you're in here. Now, eat your chocolate. Go on, I've been told by the Chocolatier Supreme to watch you eat all of the chocolate. Is there anything in the chocolate? That is a surprise. Maybe it's like raisins or something? Shit, you guessed. Yes. Man, I don't like raisins. Okay, it's raisins today, but you won't guess it tomorrow. It's gonna be mint tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be mint tomorrow. Yeah. Sorcerers! <laughs> 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 Please, are you going to eat your chocolates? You sure you don't want any? I mean, I am pretty hungry. You look like someone who actually kind of likes raisins. I really like raisins, but it's your loss. These are your rations I'm eating out of. Sure. And she takes one of the chocolates and eats it and then licks her fingers afterwards. You know, you two are all right. Yeah, we're great. And we totally don't deserve to be in this dungeon, you know, because we're trying to make sure that everyone in Molten Gorge is nice and safe and not squished underneath the... Mm, totally, totally, totally. You know the thing I really like about you as prisoners? Mm. Well, one, you gave me chocolate. That was so good. Two, you, like, you stay in your prison. That's so nice of you. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about you all as prisoners. I don't have to, like, keep you in. But see, the thing is... We're the only ones in here. Shouldn't we as prisoners be, you know, working with the other prisoners? You're right. Why are you here and not with the other prisoners? Oh, I'm sure this is an oversight on the part of the Chocolatier Supreme. Oh, but if I was to raise that with him, he'd probably have my head. Well, I'd better just fix the problem. Yeah. 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 You do not need to consult your supervisor. All right, all right. Come on, come with me. And she opens the gate to the prison. Uh, oh, just so you know, you're probably going to be um, crushed or eaten by a giant monster in about four days. That's all right. Yeah, I know. You're easygoing prisoners. I figured it'd be all right with you. 
Me, I get to get out of here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Where are you going to go afterwards? I hope to come back here eventually. I don't know. I've never been anywhere but Molten Gorge. Why don't you, you know, strike out? See what it's like out there. It's really, really nice out there. I've seen some pretty amazing things. Oh, yeah? Like what? Okay, so we've seen actual dragons. We fought an actual stone worm, okay? The worm used to be made out of stone, but then it's not stone anymore because of some- Okay, respectfully, you're mainly talking about things that would kill me. True. All right, here we are. Just through this door, you'll be with the other prisoners. So, uh, Jolene, plan B, plan B? Plan B, plan B. Cool. As the door opens, can I shove them in the room with the other prisoners and close the door? You know, I think you're Patsy. I think you can just do that, yeah? Cool. <laughs> He's got experience with doors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get on in. Ah! <laughs> Was that a really cruel fate to leave that person in? I think so, but we did say to, you know, get the prisoners out at some point, so... Yeah, yeah, true. I don't think that person actually deserved that. Should I just, like, open the door and then, like, pull them back through, then close the door? And then knock them out? I think that would have been better. Alright, alright, so I open the door, reach back through, and try and see if I can grab the guard clawing at the door before the prisoners get to him. Can you please roll dexterity? That is a 10. Yeah. Okay, with a 10, you open up the door. There are many, many prisoners clamoring at the door to get out, but you manage to just grab this guard and pull them out. Oh, oh my gosh. For a moment, I thought you were betraying me. Nah, nah, nah. We were just, we were just uh, playing a harmful prank, you know, just a little jab, and I'll just jab him to try and knock him out straight across the jaw. Yeah, this is just some person. Yeah. They fall flat on the ground. A little bit of chocolate still stuck around their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) We just drag them into the corner and, like, fold them up so they're having a nice nap curled up. Yeah, yeah. She just pulls out one of her empty bottles and just arranges the guards so it looks like they're hugging the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Perfect crime. Victimless crime. High five. High five. Yeah. I think you just hear from the prison... Let us out! We don't want to be destroyed by a giant space monster. It's alright, we'll just use the power of the space monster before it lands. Everything's on track. Okay, well after that morally dubious scene, what's the plan? Okay, so we still need a precipitator. Yeah, so now we need to find the kitchen. Right now the kitchen's going to be the busiest place in the entire castle, so it'll be... Easy for us to see where people are comes and out of with chocolate. True. We just need to find that place, sneak in through there, and then we've got our cove precipitator. Well, you are right that it's very easy to find the kitchen because as you're talking, someone is coming down the stairs with more chocolate and you like go up the stairs and then you see another person coming from a certain door with other chocolate going a different direction. And then you go through that door and, and you find just everywhere there could be people bringing chocolate that is leading you back to the kitchen. But the kitchen is very, very well guarded. <laughs> there are a sizable set of guards pointed at the door itself. Should it ever need to be deployed? Is someone sitting waiting with a trebuchet? <laughs> 
protect the chocolate at all costs. It's sort of like a courtyard that leads to this, like, kitchen door. And you can tell that the trebuchet's journey to get into this courtyard was very awkward, difficult, and certainly decreed by the chocolatier in great haste. And no one, everyone's, like, very awkwardly having to navigate around the trebuchet. Every time someone opens the door, they kind of look awkwardly and anxiously at the trebuchet. (laughs) They're very scared at the trebuchet, is what I'm trying to say. But it's certainly here. It's armed, and it's ready to take the kitchen down should its chocolatey secrets need to be protected. (laughs) Now, Jolene, do you think that you can throw a knife hard enough to set off the lever of that trebuchet? I like the way that you think, Patsy. Jolene, like, clambers up onto, like, a little windowsill ledge to see if she could get a bead on the lever that they use for the trebuchet. Uh, Can I get a dexterity check to do that successfully and not be detected? Eight plus three, 11. Okay, you very easily slide into position and you can see a clear shot leading to the thing that makes the trebuchet go whoosh. I'll throw a throwing dagger and see if I can move the lever. Give me that volley. That's a four plus a three, so seven. (laughs) You unleash your dagger and it hits the trebuchet and launches its payload into the kitchen. And as it hits and breaks through the wall and the door, you hear a horrible sound, a squelch, a wet noise as chocolate pours out of the kitchen and is just sent flying in liquid form throughout the courtyard, utterly soaking everything, everyone, you, Patsy, the whole thing. And you hear a sound coming from the kitchen. Oh no! That was our prototype! Our prototype of the ice magic! It will set in but minutes! (laughs) We will all be frozen like statues in chocolate. <laughs> and already you can feel the chocolate stiffening. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. Um, I'm just going to approach the wall and try to, like, bare necessities it off my back and front. Just, like, scraping yourself against the wall? Just scraping against, yeah. <laughs> the wall is so coated in chocolate that you're just getting more chocolate on yourself as you lose the chocolate on you. Curses. Guess I'll just have to eat my way out of this. And I'm basically gonna just try and devour the chocolate of my entire being. Can you please roll constitution? As you try to eat all the chocolate off of your body. That is a 10. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right, Patsy, you have never been this full of chocolate in your life. It starts out as a pleasant experience and then towards even just the middle of this process, you're like, okay, I've had enough chocolate. And then as it starts to get to the end, the chocolate's getting stiffer. It's just weird and uncomfortable. But you managed to clear off enough chocolate that you have a good field of mobility. Jolene, what are you doing as the chocolate solidifies on your body? I'm going to keep moving and hopefully get the chocolate to thin out on the moving part so I can just peel it all off. <laughs> oh, you're trying to move through the quicksand, Jolene. Hmm, can you roll dexterity for me? Okay. <laughs> 
Oh my god, why? Uh, wait, no, I rolled a five plus three, so that's an eight. Okay, with an eight, your legs are fine, but your top half, so your arms, are completely closed in by chocolate. <laughs> so you can move your legs, but you can't move your arms. They are just stiffened with chocolate. They're not, like, braced to your body. They're just, like, sticking out to the sides a little bit. So it's like a full-body cast, except without the legs. Like, it's cold weather out, and the grandma just put, like, three coats on a, like, yeah. on a little toddler. Yes. And they're just like, I can't move, Grandma. <laughs> at this point, by the way, I think that it's at the stage where everyone else for the moment are, in fact, frozen in chocolate. And you can just hear... <laughs> I like totter over to Patsy. How about we find that precipitator? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's waddle through the absolute chocolate carnage of this. And you do that. The ground is now hard and almost kind of slippery, but you do make it into the building and in the carnage in this room, these people frozen statues of chocolate, you can see the light coming into the room gleams onto what looks like a food processor. And Jolene, you know in your heart of hearts that this is the co-precipitator. Patsy, this is it. This is it. Do you need the functioning of uh, your torso to actually use this precipitator? Probably. Can you crack me open, please? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll just do a little ginger, like, tap, tap, tap up, and just start freeing the arms. You kind of tap, 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 and nothing seems to be happening until all at once the chocolate on the top half of Jolene shatters and falls to the ground. Woo! That was fun. Okay, so she dumps everything into the food processor and turns it on. Y'all, you got napalm now! Yay! Napalm, napalm, After leaving Cremora to consult her books, I will turn into a mouse and sneak into the cave and see if I can find a little hidey hole that I can observe the dragon from long enough that I can kind of like... Try and get in touch with its okay. dragony dragonness. Nim, wait, just one moment, please. And then just gently rest a finger on Nim's little mouse head and cast invisibility. Ah! Okay, roll for invisibility. Yay, that's a, a 10. Right, and you also needed to roll for uh, shapeshift. 13. You become a mouse and that mouse becomes invisible. Squeak! And you start making your way into the cave. Now, I know you've just gotten two really good rolls to get to this point. It is a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> famous for their keen perceptions of all things around them. Smell, hearing, sight in this case is mostly negated, although you know the eye of a dragon might even be able to perceive the slightest of mousy footprints in the sand. Impressive creatures that they are. Can you please roll decks? And I'll give you a plus one because you're invisible. Okay. Six. Just let me bask in this moment for a second. <laughs> All those good rolls we got mm. killing the door have just come back to bite me in the ass. Nime, the druid, you take literally one step into this tunnel and it is flooded with hot energy coming out swirling in colours with little glimmers like stars spread throughout it. 
The colors are so intense. The whole thing is bright, but you can almost feel the darkness of space in that brightness all the same. A vision that almost transcends sight. So you're going to have to roll a whole bunch of damage here. I would like to shed. Of course. (laughs) The heat washes over you, almost cooking your little mouse buddy, but it is not really your body anymore as you come back up out of this mouse form and into your human form. And the dragon in the cave just says, I am a dragon. I heard everything you were talking about. If you were to study me, study me in my prime. And it launches flying through this cavern. What are you doing? I'm just going to hit the deck. Roll me a dexterity. Okay. Oh, shit. Fuck me. That's a six. (laughs) Holy shit. The dragon comes through this tunnel, picks you up in its mouth, and just bites down on you. Can you please take the higher of 2d12 plus 5 damage with 4 piercing? Okay, so... (laughs) So I rolled a 10 and a 4. Fuck! So that's 15 points of damage. Jesus fucking Christ! 22 minus 15 is... 7. Holy shit. And so it scooped you up in its mouth, and it's just clenching into your flesh, and it almost kind of carelessly drops you over the mountainside. And now you are falling as it takes a flight into the air. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm going to turn into a wind elemental and fly back to Cremora, I guess. Bleeding out my everything. Roll for transformation. That's a nine. Okay, with a nine, luckily you do manage to turn into a wind elemental, sweeping up droplets of your own blood in the air and fly back to Cremora. The dragon is still circling overhead. So that didn't go as planned. Yeah, no, I I felt the fire from out here and I heard the biting and and it flew out past me. I, I kind of gathered it didn't go very well. So, do we have a plan B? I mean, I could watch it from here, as long as it doesn't try and attack again. Is it just circling? No. <laughs> no, it, it, it circles oh, it once back. to come back. And I think as it comes, it says, there is no running away from this. Learn or die. Nim, what do we do? What do we do, Nim? What do we do, Nim? I don't know. Kamora's hands already clawing into fireball position. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, maybe, um, I don't, uh, it clearly wants to fight us. Um, okay, I don't think you should fight it. I think it's challenging me specifically. I, I think, I mean, I've realized that we don't know much about these things, um, but I'm the one who pissed it off, and I don't want to be pissed off at you, uh, especially because you have the, the star stuff inside you. I'll be back. <laughs> Turn into a wind elemental. Uh, 11. <laughs> You do become a wind elemental very successfully. And I would like to shoot up and, like, shape my wind elemental like a dragon and fly up and meet it and kind of fly in its undertow and, like, copy what it's doing. Interesting. 
I think you take flight and you shape and you start going in its current and it snuffs and just says, very good, but keep up or die. You keep saying that! I won't leave you alive if I don't deem you worthy. So you're trying to weave and follow its pattern of flight. Now, once again, this is a fucking dragon. I think it's wisdom to learn the movements that it is doing. So can you roll wisdom for me again? Why does this feel like one of the most important rolls I've ever made for the third (laughs) time today? That's fine, that's a 12. (laughs) You lock in step with it. And it really is trying to kill you, but (laughs) when you follow its motions, (laughs) and when you do what it does, you find that as much as you can't get away from it, it can't get to you. You are matched, and you feel your form in the air become longer as you continue this flight. And you can feel the wings stretch out further. And at one point, it swerves and breathes its astral flames at you once again. But you almost loop around them, feeling the intensity and the heat of them. And can you describe what it is like when Nime turns into a dragon? Nice! This this burst of, like... That blue glow that happens to Nim's tattoos whenever she transforms into anything as she kind of passes through the heat of the, like, astral flame, there's this same, like, blue glow flash, and then out the other side comes a dragon that is blue, like the colour of Nim's tattoos, with white swirls, like her hair. That's so cool! That's so cool. It is a three-legged, two-winged dragon. And I imagine I'm bigger than I would be as Nim, but I'm not as big as this dragon. Nime, on this day we are equals. But make no mistake, when it falls we will be equal no more. Do not bother me again, and do not get in my way. I understand. And it swoops out of the sky, and sleekly, in one motion, one fluid motion, returns into the cave on top of the mountain, and the skies are yours once more. <laughs> and Nim does a couple, like, loop-de-loops in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Kamora is just staring up in awe. <laughs> Spits out some dragon breath. I think that your dragon breath is probably of the water element. That makes sense. You are gleeful in the air, just loving your new form. And you look down on the city of Molten Gorge when you see smoke rising. And one small section of the city is this horrible dark brown. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And I fly back to (laughs) Kamora and I, like, kind of motion with my head towards the smoke. Ah, okay. Um... Sorry, I'm just still processing the whole dragon thing. I nod rapidly. I, I mean, I, I suppose it was too much to hope that leaving them alone wouldn't end badly. I love that Grimoire is just like, <laughs> it's them. <laughs> Grimoire is a realist, what can I say? <laughs> Clamber up onto Nim's back. And I'm going to fly down to where the smoke is. Okay. 
What a devastating sight befalls you both as you approach. There are what you think are statues, but as you approach, you realize they're people covered in some sort of, you're not sure, some sort of horrible substance. Is this a new weapon that Molten Gorge was developing? How could this have possibly happened? And just as you get close, stepping out of the kitchen are Jolene and Patsy holding a vial. <laughs> we did it! Oh, hey, you guys are back. Mm. We made explosives. Also, we need to take down a tyrannical chocolatier. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. We left you alone. Okay, no, that's fine. We only have ourselves to blame. <laughs> Nim's just kind of, kind of pop back into herself in shock. I, I mean, I thought what I just did was ridiculous and beyond anything I could have comprehended up to this point in my entire life, but we've been gone one day! <laughs> one day! Yeah, well, to be fair, we did spend most of that day in a dungeon. Yep. What? What happened to these people? They're fine, they're fine. They're just covered in experimental stuff. Can they breathe? Sure. Well, if need be, I can punch a mouth hole in every single one of them. It's been ages since they've been covered in the experimental stuff. If they haven't died yet, then they're fine. They can breathe. Is this chocolate? Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not sewage or anything. You don't have to worry. This is completely fine. It's nothing lethal. Yep. Give me two seconds, and Nim is going to turn into a bear and run around and just bowl everyone over so they're not stuck as a statue. <laughs> you do that. As you crush each person down to the ground, they kind of scamper off, licking their wounds, their delicious chocolatey wound. <laughs> Evacuate the city! That's an order! Don't have to tell us twice! Well, I hope whatever you made was worth it. Oh, yeah. I don't like the sound of that, Jolene. I really, really, truly don't. Ah, Kamora! I pull out Baramos. I can sense you have the napalm. Let's blow up the Obsidian Palace. Okay. Nim kind of goes to be like, <laughs> no- mm. <laughs> Look, think of it this way. There's no one else here. Everyone will be clear. If we blow up the Obsidian Palace, we can both kill a god and destroy a symbol of power. Wait, 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 wait. A god? Yeah. Baramos says that there's, like, an anchor at the bottom of the Obsidian Palace or whatever. Ah, that's my best guess. I mean, actually, that makes total sense, but what? Yeah, let's go find out. What about the- and I point at the sky. (laughs) We can do that in, like, two days' time, right? Uh, I mean, I'd rather do it now, but sure, I guess maybe we should make sure there's not anyone at the Obsidian Palace. I also have some things I want to do, and I imagine there's probably quite a lot of books there or or nearby, so- yeah, Kramora, don't you want to, you know, save that stuff, the, the, the words that are in the Obsidian Palace? That we definitely considered and was not totally just going to blow it up beforehand. Yeah. Uh, the sh- 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 what? I said we, we had totally considered it. Oh, yeah, we did. Absolutely. <laughs> How long do you think this is going to take you? A day tops. A day tops. Okay. I will fly you to the Obsidian Palace. 
Kramora can save as much of the library as she can. You two can do what you're going to do. If we're going to spend a little bit more time before we do this, there's something I need to do as well. What are you going to do? I need to make sure that my parents are not here. All right. Just in case everything goes to shit, I need to know they're safe. I do like the idea of blowing up the Obsidian Palace. I just have to, I have to do this first. I turn into a dragon, everyone climbs on my back, and I fly towards the center of the city where the Obsidian Palace is. It's huge and black and shiny and looks honestly very strange. It is very strange. Around the palace are a lot of actually marble decorations, ornate pillars and maybe statues and things like that you'd expect. Whereas the Obsidian Palace itself is very functional, very sheer, very brutalist. And so while it is this place of great power to look at, it's just like a black square taken out of the city. Cremora in particular, I think you can feel just this void in the natural rolling of power that you feel, you know, the natural energy of the world just seems to stop in this place. I just land in front of whatever doorway I can see. And you drop them off. Do you all say any parting words before Nim flies off? Yeah, Kamora will rest her forehead against Nim's snout, but not say anything. And Nim will, like, huff a little ice breath through Kamora's hair. And then she's going to take off again and fly in the direction of her old neighborhood. In the direction of 12 Brimstone Alley. Thanks for listening. Want to catch more of me and Ursula goofing around? Check out One Letter Better, a word-based game show podcast made by friend of the show, Eamon Connolly. Till next time. Bye! Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I need a full stat block for this dragon now, apparently. So I don't want to fight quickly. the dragon! Let me just quickly whip that up. Um, there is a dragon block from the book, isn't there? The 16 HP dragon or whatever. The, 16, the 12 hit point dragon. 16 hit point dragon? I don't know. I'm going to go find it. <laughs> oh, well. This has not been a good day for plans. Yeah. <laughs> well, the book recommends that their bite should deal the best of 2d12 plus 5 with 4 piercing. You've just found it? Mm-hmm. I still want to consult the uh, physical copy just because I've never used it. Page 300 should hold my dragon upon it. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> it's so strong. It's got more armor than the anchors we fought. Holy shit, it's so much stronger than the things I've been throwing at you. I thought I'd been being mean. This dragon is terrifying. Its health is very low. However, the armor is a huge factor.
I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing now. Um, that's amazing. I did not make my gods strong enough. I'm now learning. Well, well, well. Reading the book, everyone. The book is better than the movie. Where the movie? <laughs> <laughs>